0: Welcome to episode 11 of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm, and with me is our WHL expert, Liz Child. As always, in today's episode, we'll take a look at the midterm draft rankings from NHL Central Scouting. We'll dig into some players from the Everett Silvertips and the Victoria Royals in our three stars of the week and our goalie spotlight. We'll run down the Montreal Canadiens as our NHL team of the week. And of course, we'll uh, finish up by checking in on the latest heroics from our boy, Connor Bernard. Uh, how's your week, Liz? How you been?
1: Um, It's been great. We're getting ready for we have a postgame concert after tomorrow's Barracuda game. So that's really exciting. Um, We're holding like a full concert in the arena. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for sure. But I think it's gonna be a fun night. And then uh, with the WHL, it's just been a lot of fun getting ready to for the top prospects game and just kind of getting ready and following along of like, everyone's coming back from juniors, everyone who just got reassigned seeing how everyone's doing. It's been a lot of fun. And I cannot wait for the rest of the season. Um, even Uh, though at the same time I'm like, slow down, (laughs) we're good.
0: (laughs) I know. It feels like everything's coming up really quickly. The the WHL playoffs always seem to start way earlier than I'm expecting, so they're going to be here before we know it. Um, As you mentioned, I'm really looking forward to top prospects next week. I will be – on hand and uh, out in Langley and I'm assuming there are going to be 39 players that will actually be really excited to talk to the media and one other guy who is <laughs> <was> just going <laughs> to endure what's thrown his way. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to try and make sure I get some conversation with uh, with some of the others as well as Bedard. Um, also had a WHL sighting last night at the Canucks game. Thomas Milich was in the stands uh, to uh, watch his hometown team and our resident goalie expert uh, Kevin Woodley was out during the intermissions, running around the arena trying to track him down so he could talk with him. So it was kind of a cool dub moment slash goalie moment. Uh, and it was it was great to see Milic on the uh, on the jumbotron at the game there on a a crazy night when we had uh, the Canucks honoring Gino Ojic after his passing last week and unveiling their new third skate jerseys, which happened to be you know, sort of based off of the 90s when Gino played. So that all kind of juxtaposed together. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning had no interest in being forgotten in all of this so Samco just went out and got a hat-trick and became the third active player to hit the 500 goal mark no big deal they've won five in a row now they're ahead of Toronto in points percentage all the top players are like healthy and amazing again so don't sleep on Tampa Bay for the second half of the season (laughs) is all I have to say about that Anyways, let's uh, get into our WHL headlines for this week, starting with uh, NHL Central Scouting. Of course, they released their midterm rankings last Friday, and once again, we can puff up our chests with pride because the uh, WHL was massively well-represented, and I listened <laughs> to a bit of the OHL podcast today, and they were sort of lamenting that uh, they don't, you know, they're, it's not like the OHL is like the dub this year, so... Um, you know, it's kind of fun. I'm, a, I mean, I'm,
1: oh no, sorry about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting 11 skaters from the Dove in the North American top 30 skaters
1: and five goalies in the top 15 North American goalies. So, uh, and that number's a little low. We'll talk about that in a second, <laughs> but that number's a little low.
0: Yeah. Uh, number one, obviously is no surprise and we'll get to him in a bit.
1: And I think, you know, who I'm talking about.
0: Um, I was curious to hear, um, Who you think is the player that stands out to you as being ranked higher than you expected? And who's the player who's ranked lower?
1: Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I'm using kind of a general like meeting room. So everyone's kind of like, hi, is this used?" Okay. Um, Yeah, no, uh, right now I have, and I hate saying this, and I feel like a lot of people know I love him, this player to death. Um, I'm very excited. I fully think that you know he's going to go in this draft. It's going to be absolutely fantastic for him. And you know by the end of the year, he could very well be in this position for me, or maybe even higher. But I think Nico Miadavik ranked at 47 among North American skaters is a little high, um, and it's just enough for it to, for me to be like oh, it's just a little too much. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those like he could he could be perfectly deserving of it, uh, deserving. But for me right now, just looking at this list, and there's a couple guys on this list where I'm just like, mm, okay, but he's one that kind of stands out to me where I'm just like, I want to say that you absolutely need to be there or hire, but it's at the same time, like my realistic brain is going, it just doesn't feel right just yet. Um, but again, I'm fully expecting and fully hoping, you know, that the Sharks draft him and he comes here. and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Uh, I think I posted a couple weeks ago, I was like, I can't wait for the Sharks to drop Nico Myadimic just for me. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, and who do you think deserves more love?
1: Uh, we already talked about him, Thomas Millage. Uh, what the heck he's doing all the way down at 25 on North American uh, goaltenders. After the performance he put on at World Juniors, after the, the playoffs last season with Seattle, after the season he had at the start of this year, before World Juniors even, how on earth is he not higher? Like, how is he not in your top 10? Um, there's a couple goaltenders, and I'm not going to name names because I don't like tearing anyone down. But there's a couple goaltenders on that list where I look at it and I'm like, I don't understand why you're ahead of Thomas Millich. Like, you're a fantastic goaltender, don't get me wrong. It's just when you look at all of the everything that has gone in through the season and just past play in general, it's one of those Thomas Millich is ranked ridiculously low. Um, and it is one of those where I think even on our notes, I had said, you know he's one of four skater, four goaltenders um in the top uh 32 for North American goaltenders who is under six foot one. Um, and again, I feel like again, anyone who knows me knows like my favorite saying is gold, goalie heights don't matter. Um, as much as people like to fight me on that and be like, oh, but it does. The skill of the goalie, especially in situations like this, is going to be far and away. More helpful, I think, just me, it's okay. But it's just one of those, you can have the tallest goalie in the world, but they still have to have that skill. And a six foot goaltender versus a six foot one goaltender isn't going to make that much of a difference if that six foot goaltender is going to outperform everyone else. For sure. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting in the notes that you made there is um,
0: I hadn't noticed that they have um, Scott Ratzlaff listed at six feet on that central scouting listing Um, because HockeyDB has him at 6'2", and uh, the WHL website has him at 6'2", as well. So uh, I'm not
1: sure if that's a typo or if uh, Scott has somehow lost ground. What I have personally noticed is that uh, HockeyDB Elite Prospects and the WHL site tends to list guys a smidge higher, a smidge taller. Um, where I'm just sitting there and I'm like, some of them, I'm like, I've stood next to you and I am five five, and there is no way you're six two, there's no way you're like six foot. Like, there's a couple skaters where I'm just like, unless you had a growth spurt recently, I don't understand this. Yeah,
0: um, but so we won't find it, out until the combine when they get to do the heights and weights for real, and uh, unless they're in playoffs, job. um, so uh, well. We'll, yeah, I guess we'll see how it all shakes down, but uh, I'm, I'm interested to see the mystery of Scott Ratzlaff's height revealed at some point in the next few months before we get to draft day. Combined, we'll talk about the three stars and the goalies together because it's a big magical hodgepodge of uh, Everett Silvertips and Victoria Royals players. Uh, and are starting off with our third star for this week uh, at right wing from Everett is uh, Ben Hemmerling.
1: Yes. Basically, if we were to name this episode and I think I made a joke of it, it's it would literally just be the Everett Silvertips and Victoria Royals special um, because this week it's, you know, a lot of love for them. But Ben Hemmerling, um, you know, he suffered a minor injury against Prince George back on January 6th. So he sat out a few games, uh, came back last night and had a four point night like nothing ever happened. It was his best game of the season. He looked great. Um, you know, he had a good game and it was just one of those, he was sitting out for a few games and, you know, you sometimes think maybe ease back into it, especially if you're coming back from an injury or something. And he was like, nah, I don't want to do that. He looked great um, against Lethbridge yesterday. And it's been a really good year for him, you know, after getting drafted last year by Vegas, which I, I'm, you know, I'm in San Jose, so I'm not going to say too much, but uh <laughs> I was very excited about him getting drafted by Vegas and I was really looking forward to seeing what he could do this year and so far he is not disappointed. Um, now Everett and Tri-City are kind of duking it out for third and fourth place in the, in the US
0: division right now. Is that sort of what you were expecting this season? Like where is Everett compared to what you thought was going to happen?
1: It was absolutely not what I was expecting. You know, uh, Everett, I think, has kind of gotten that feeling of, all right, they sold at the deadline very clearly. Um, they said, let's stack up for the next two or three years. Um, I think this year they're just kind of like, if we make playoffs, cool. If we don't make playoffs, next year's our year. Um, they're kind of looking at what Seattle did, what Camloops did, and they went, that's a big price to pay. Let's just sell. And when all of these teams and all of our biggest rivals are are struggling a little bit to kind of pick it back up, we're going to be just fine. Um, But even so, they're still, like you said, they're hanging in there. Um, They're still in the top four. Tri-City kind of came back and I think they've got their confidence going a little bit after talking to some of the guys earlier this season. That was the big thing is they wanted a little bit of a win streak and that confidence that they got um, just has been doing everything for them. Plus, you know, uh, Nick uh, Evakian is having a big year for himself. And then on top of that, you have guys like Tomas Sukinek, who's a phenomenal goaltender and now has a team in front of him. Who's, who's helping boost that. And it's not like it's, Oh, he's saving the team. He, he certainly has done that in the past in recent years, but then this year it's definitely, Hey, the team is helping him. He's helping the team. I don't think anyone was expecting Tri-City to be at this point already, but I'm very excited that they are.
0: Um, yeah, and both those teams are in pretty good shape in terms of making the playoffs with, uh, with Spokane being where they are, but we'll just leave that there, right? Um, now, second star also from Everett. Uh, our boy Hammerling is third in team scoring, and uh, our second star is second in team scoring, and that would be another right winger, Jackson <laughs> Barazowski.
1: Yeah so uh, i mean from we did our, we recorded our last episode on the 12th but i went back to the 11th just for the sake of this is incredible but from the 11th to the 14th in three games he picked up eight goals and four assists and that is absolutely just one of those that's what you expect from Connor bedard when you're looking at a three-game streak (laughs) so i mean when you have another player picking up Connor bedard numbers you kind of have to give him some props on that um and he's looked fantastic he's been one of those guys i think for the last couple of years everyone's been watching um and last year he had a good season and then this year he's just kind of picked it up and said oh, you thought I was good last year. Let me show you what I can do. Um, And it's really exciting to see for him because he's one of those guys you just want to see kind of get a little more and just kind of shine a little bit more. And I think, you know, this season he definitely has done that for himself.
0: Excellent. And we've got another right winger as the first star of the week. (laughs) Uh, Moving over to Vancouver Island from the Victoria Royals. Uh, Matthew Hodson gets the nod from you.
1: Yes. So uh, again, another like three game stretch. Um, it was one of those that Barazowski had a fantastic three game stretch and had some more points, but, you know, a little bit more recent and a little bit, you know, in the same week. Um, you have Matthew Hodson who picked up uh, four goals and three assists for seven points in three games, which again is, I, I don't care who you are. Seven points in three games is still fantastic. Yeah. Um, And while it feels kind of like the entire Royals roster is kind of picking it up at the same time right now, like you're getting guys back and now Gannon LaRoc's out with an upper body injury again, or with some type of day to day injury. I don't know why I said upper body. I don't know that it just is day to day. Um, He's out with some type of injury again. And it's just one of those. Victoria, I think even last season would go through phases where they would get guys back and then they'd kind of start losing guys and they get guys back. Um, They hit the get guys back they started losing guys and so far they've still been on that like decent trajectory where their season's getting better and it looks good. Um, and part of it does have to do with the next segment that we're going to talk about, but I'll leave (laughs) that for them. (laughs) Yes. Um,
0: I was observing that, uh, hudson's seven points really stand out when you consider that he has 23 points for the year so um in exactly. three games he got a third of his points for this season so if he can keep that up he's going to uh, change his numbers and his position in the team standings pretty significantly um looking at the uh, bc division standings i was seeing that um Victoria's in a really similar situation to Everett where they're duking it out with uh, with Kelowna in a, in a one-point battle for what probably will be the last playoff spot in the Western Conference. Um, I saw that um, the Rockets do have three games in hand, but Victoria beat Kelowna twice on the weekend in massive four-pointer games. So they're definitely keeping that, um, that playoff battle in mode and uh, and alive. Do you think that they... Like I, they were
1: pretty much out of it earlier in the season. I've so been do you saying they have
0: enough to come back.
1: I have been saying it all season. You cannot. Well, and I think we've we been saying it last year. Is you cannot count out the Victoria Royals. Um, we there was a little bit of a rough stretch. I mean, it was a long period. They had three wins for the whole season for a decent amount of time. Um, they made some changes. They moved some bodies. Some guys came in and out. Um, they have their starting goaltender now. And I'm sorry, but kind of moving into that next section but with brayden holt in night who knows what you can do especially when your team is scoring again like for a long time the issue was the royals couldn't find goals they had outstanding goaltending in tyler palmer they had Campbell arnold last year they had outstanding goaltending but they could not find goals and now they're finding the goals they have an outstanding goaltender they have plenty of time plenty of runway left this season to just kind of climb their way in and be like hey by the way we're still here. Yeah.
0: So um, as we move into our goalie of the week, let's uh, let's take advantage of this segue and flip our two guys here. Uh, uh, we'll get to Tyler Palmer in a second, but let's uh, we may as well talk about Braden Holt since we're already on the topic of him and the Royals.
1: Yeah, I mean... You know, the the trade, they literally just traded Tyler Palmer for Braden Holt, both 03 goaltenders, uh, 19-year-old guys who are coming into their new teams and just kind of taking the reins. Uh, Braden Holt, this is the exact Braden Holt that I've been expecting this whole season, and he hasn't quite gotten there, and then he gets to Victoria, and I think that change was exactly what he needed. Um, he's 5-1-0-1 with the Royals since the trade, um, and two shutouts in seven games, which is he had one shutout in what was it? 28 games with the silver tips this season. So it, it, he's sitting there being like, I've got this. We're fine. He's made some absolute highlight reel saves, which for the Victoria Royals, isn't a new thing. Like they're used to getting highlight over the night saves and just back up, back at, or back to back to back, just like outstanding performances from goaltenders. But Brayden hole has kind of gotten to Victoria and found a new level for himself. Um, And it's really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, when I was looking at uh, at his numbers, it was that uh, 930
0: save percentage since he got to Victoria was the one that kind of jumped out at me just a tad. That's not a number we see too often in, uh, in Major Junior in Canada. So good on him. And uh, I will also add, I think the first time I ever saw his name was at the U18s in Texas a couple of years ago. And I, I just assumed it was some sort of crazy typo because I just think it's hilarious that... Yeah, that he even spells his Braden his the same way that Holtby does. And somebody just like left the last syllable off of the goaltender's name and somehow made him like 25 years younger in order to, to send him <laughs> back. To, maybe not that much, but you know what I mean. I think I might be overaging aging so uh, my apologies to him and his family. Um and I also think it's hilarious that I always think of like the Bradens and the Cadens and all those names as all being sort of Canadian Prairie Boys. So it's interesting that um, that Holtby or that Braden Holt is actually from Montana. So um, maybe it is the, uh, the, the the change of the border and being in Canada where he, a, a player with his name belongs that's bringing out the best name. I don't know. Um, anyways, let's uh, flip over to as you mentioned the uh, the goalie that he was traded for. Uh, Tyler Palmer now in Everett and doing well as well.
1: Yes, and I've had a few people kind of, you know, message me and kind of say, you know, it looks like Everett won that trade, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Tyler Palmer, again, was out for almost, he was out for over a month. He hadn't played a game. He hadn't been with the team. Um, he came back. He had two games that were, you know, a little rough, but to be expected when you haven't played a game in a long time. And he's hit his stride. Um, he's five and four in, his, in nine games since joining the, The Silver Tips. The Silver Tips have played nine games since getting him. He has played in every single, started every single game for the Silver Tips, Uh, including six of those games were three sets of back-to-backs. So Tyler Palmer has gone from playing no games for almost a month and a half to playing every single game. So maybe let him settle in. You know, he's hitting his stride. He's doing his job. Again, playing this the type of heavy workload isn't new for him he's done this before he did it to end last season he did it to start this season uh but he's getting his legs under him and he has performed exactly how you expect tyler palmer to perform he's coming out he's making those massive saves that you absolutely need to make he's doing everything right um and it's he's getting better and better and better with this team and with an everett team that you know has maybe lost a step they've you know, obviously, trading you Zellweger, trading Ryan Hofer, big blows to that roster. It doesn't matter. They're going to be just fine. Um, and Tyler Palmer is kind of holding them in that. Um, on one hand, I'm looking at it and I'm going, please don't burn him out. Please don't like play him every single game. And so, if you do make playoffs by the, by the time you get to that point, he's just exhausted. At the same time, on the other hand, he was out for a while. Getting this many games is, is a good thing. He's getting that confidence back. And I think, again, like I said, that confidence is where it what it all comes down to.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely two, um, two interesting guys to keep an eye on as those uh, playoff races intensify over the next couple of months. Uh, up next this week, we've got our NHL Team of the Week. We are still hanging out in the Atlantic Division with the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, we've got a juicy uh, WHl prospect in their in their pool who's applying uh, his trade in Seattle right now
1: yeah uh, it's you know Jared Davidson uh, who's drafted in 20 last year uh, in the fifth round 130 overall which i thought was very late um, i definitely expected his name to be called maybe third fourth round um, fifth round the fact that he got drafted i was elated but uh, he had an outstanding year last year and no one really talked about it Um, It was, it was even to the point where I I will, I will admit, I was not planning on doing a feature on him last year. Um, I had sent a request to the Seattle Thunderbirds being like, hey, can I talk to this player? Um, And they had said, he's really, really busy with media, but we have this other guy who we think that you should talk to. Um, And then I looked at his stats, I talked to him and I went, I get it and everyone needs to focus on him a little more. And it was just one of those. You didn't really hear much this year. He's definitely getting a little more of that highlight that he deserves. Um, I'm very excited to see it. Um, He has 54 points in 35 games uh, with 21 goals and 33 assists. Um, Absolutely having one of those years where he's on a stacked roster. Um, He's not the big name on the stacked roster and he's still going, (laughs) but look at me guys, (laughs) look what I can do. Um, and it's just it's been really, really fun to watch.
0: Uh, yeah, very cool to see uh, to see Jared Davidson is actually leading that Seattle team in points. So uh, that's not a, a bad draft plus one year at all for a guy who, like you <laughs> said, you know, was a fifth round pick and flew under the radar a little bit in his uh, in his draft season. If he gets another long playoff run like last year, I'm sure people will start paying attention. Um, Montreal uh, comes to, uh, to the WHL pretty often for their, uh, for their draft choices. So we've got, uh, four or five guys here to, uh, to mention who are alumni of the, of the dub that are with the organization
1: now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I can talk about, you know, like Johnny Fairbrother because he ever silver Tips, He is one of my, my U S division boys. Um, but he's, he's unfortunately out. He had a, a knee injury early. Um, I think ahead of the season, um, he's not going to be playing this year. He's basically just rehabbing, getting better. Uh, if and when he comes back for the Montreal Canadiens or the Laval Rocket, I'm ecstatic to see uh, what he can do because he was very fun to watch, but also he was very, you wanted that ex- that next step from him. You wanted that next thing. And I feel like I say this fairly regularly, but, it, you know, we're a developmental league in the WHL. you, always want to see hey what can you do more than this um and he was just one of those guys where it was like it feels like you have another level to your game are you going to find it so this injury while yes it's a little bit of a letdown I can't wait to see what he does when he comes back because if he finds that extra level he finds that next step for himself it's going to be a phenomenal time for him
0: um injuries are a bit of a theme on this list unfortunately too Uh, um, for as Montreal tries to sort of gather their prospects and get going um, King Gooley got off to a nice start, but has been out now since early January, um, with, uh, a lower body issue that's supposed to have him out for a couple months and, uh, um, veteran heart and soul guy, Brendan Gallagher's had a tough run as well. He's only played three games, I think in the last, um, two and a half months or so since the beginning of December. So he's going to be out for another month or so as well, much beloved in, uh, in Vancouver, especially as a former giant and a guy who spends his summers here, and his dad runs one of the big summer skate uh, camps during uh, during the summertime, so the Gallagher's are uh, key play key players in our in our environment in the summertime.
1: A uh, couple more guys as well from uh, Montreal's Dub Gang. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have Kirby Doc, who's one of those guys that I feel like everyone knows his name. Right now, everyone's been talking about his little brother. Uh, It's been one, it's been one heck of a year for the doc siblings. Uh, But at the same time, you know, Kirby is one of those guys where personally I always remember him until I don't. And then it's just one of those, I don't think about Kirby doc for X amount of time. And then I'm just like, okay, cool. And then I go, Hey, what happened to Kirby doc? (laughs) Like, how's he doing (laughs) this year? Uh, You know, he spent time with the Saskatoon blades and was a first round third, third overall pick for the uh, Canadians.
0: Well, but the Blackhawks initially.
1: Yeah, I my my brain went. That's not right for the Blackhawks. Got traded over the summer, <laughs> and all of that went down. Uh, I just don't want to talk about the Blackhawks when I'm talking about the Canadians because that whole trade over the summer at the trade at the the draft. I don't want yeah. like talking about that because it lost the Sharks our pick, and I wanted Kevin Korczynski. anyway. Blackhawks. <laughs> um, he has eight goals and, t- and 21 assists in 45 games this year, which good for Kirby Doc. Um, I feel like this is a little bit more of that upswing that we were looking for from him when he got to the pros. Um, and I think that, you know, he's having that kind of, again, go back to it, confidence-building year, uh, where maybe after that trade, he might have been sitting there being like, oh, man, I got traded, you know, over the summer. They clearly wanted someone else. They thought that someone could do this. And then he came into Montreal and said – Oh no, I can do it. It's fine. We're good. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, he's at 29 points this year, so it's a career high for him, but it's still not quite third overall numbers. So I think he, <laughs> I think there's some upside still that needs to happen before he gets the uh, the real stamp of approval. Phil um, Edmondson <laughs> is the other uh, member of the Canadians who came out of the uh, out of the WHL as well from Moose Jaw and Kamloops back in 2011. Um, I'm kind of moving things along here because. You know, we're getting short on time, and as usual, we have to spend a little bit of time talking about our boy, Connor <laughs> Bedard, because, you know, he did stuff. Um, just another just week. Just a where, little
1: bit. Just
0: another week where Bedard did stuff. What did you do this week, Liz? Uh,
1: well, one, my big, my big moment of looking at the numbers this week is he hit exactly his 600th shot on goal, uh, recorded. Sometimes there's a little bit of a question of, like, did they miss a shot? You know, whatever. Officially, it's 600 on the season. So good job, Connor Bedard. It's insane. Uh, it's not for the year. It's for his WHL career. But he's only been in the dub for three seasons, and one of them yeah. was long. So Yeah, and we're only halfway through this one. <laughs> Two yeah, it's this absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, but it's, it was just my fun little – I saw that and went, okay, sure. Um he has 78 points in 31 games, and I, I don't know if that's ever not going to be silly to say. Um, next week, I want to say he's got, like, 85 points because, you know, he's going to be gone. He has – there's the top prospects game. There's a little bit of a break. Uh, but he has eight points in two games last week. I think another 10-point week out of you, and he gave us eight in two games, though. So it, it's just casual. It's uh, fine. You
0: you froze up there for a second. So I just want to uh, I just want to share with the with our listeners that uh, yeah Liz was calling for Connor to get ten points in two games last week and he disappointed her by coming in with eight. But uh, I think you should get extra credit for two game winning goals in those two games though too right?
1: You know just maybe I I guess we can we can count that you know as a little bit of a double a little bit of a bonus for him uh, but. It's Connor Bedard. It's still one of those, you know what? If we don't keep setting the bar here for him, where's he going to aim for? Like, what's the <laughs> point? Not that, you know, I'm sure he listens to us and goes, oh, that's my plan. Like, that's my goal. But <laughs> if you don't expect this much from Connor Bedard, it, like, he's just going to end up, you're going to expect this much. He's going to be here. So you have to just raise it every single week. So, you know what? Um, Mr. Connor Bedard, I think next week I want. I want to see another 10 points. I'm going to leave it there for right now because I think they've got two games this week uh, outside of the top prospects. Um, So, you know what? We're going to still keep it at that 10. I think you got those extra two points in you.
0: Yeah, last week um, after we talked about the the hypothetical of whether he could break Ray Ferraro's 108-game WHL-scoring goal-scoring record if he was to go back to the dub next year, it got me thinking about Already, like at 17 years old, I'm like, what is his legacy going to be in the history of British Columbia hockey players? And I know I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but everything he does warrants this kind of attention. So I did some digging into the history of, uh, of players in B.C. and the numbers we've only ever had one first overall draft pick um, from British Columbia in the past. And that was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So um, I did a piece on this for the hockey news that went up on the website last weekend. If you want to look into all of the numbers, but um, comparing um, RNH's draft year with Bedard's is like night and day. It is absolutely not the same thing. Um, And then I was looking at sort of, who would he need to catch if he was to become the best BC born player of all time. And uh, it looks like the man at the top of that totem pole is Joe Sakic um and <laughs> <laughs> again no big deal but fine <laughs> you, look, you look at sakic's numbers and even though he had like crazy numbers in his draft year he was still like only fourth in whl scoring and his numbers were still lower than what bedard is doing right now even though sakic was playing in the 80s when ev- like rob brown said when the everything all-time was going in whl scoring record that same year with 212 points and I think even Connor's not going to hit that. But um, you know, it, it's like he's he's right. I know, I know. I should never say never. Um, but um, Sakic only ended up getting drafted fifteenth overall. Um, the top two players in his draft class were Pierre Turgeon and Brendan Shanahan. He ended up, Sakic ended up first in points out of that draft class he did surpass those guys so uh, perhaps there were some biases or uh, you know things that, in play where they they underestimated Saka and maybe he deserved to go higher but again it fascinates me that what we're seeing from Bedard right now is bigger than the reputation that Saka had at that point in his career and look where that turned out so um I just think it's all signs point to success for uh, our boy from North Vancouver is sort of my big takeaway from all that is if you needed me to tell you that. Um, anyways, I'm so looking forward to uh, getting a chance to watch him play again next week at top prospects and to seeing uh, some of the um, all, you know, huge um, collection of WHL players that will be gathered and very curious to see the guys from the, uh, ohl in the queue as well and sort of see how everybody compares out in langley um we're going to have a a full day of practices and media availabilities on tuesday and then the game will be wednesday night so by the time we reconvene for our next episode uh we should have uh lots to break down on that front um anything else that i'm overlooking any other dev notes
1: that uh, we should mention before we sign up um i think that's that's really all i had um I mean, I, I could talk about the dub for hours, but I think as far as keeping it on track and on time, I think, you know, that's the big points right now. Um, I promise you we'll get back to talking about some of the East teams here soon. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you have guys scoring at a Connor Bernard pace who aren't Connor Bernard, you got to talk about that.
0: Absolutely. And again, Connor does rep the East for us every week, so it's not like we're completely
1: scoring <laughs> his conference. It's that, there. That's true
0: uh anyways uh if you would like to watch this episode as well as exploring past episodes of all our shows you can do that at thn.com slash podcast uh thanks again for listening join us here again next week and uh, we'll have all the news for you once again from the whl